0: <laughs> yeah, at least we got audio. We know we've got audio. Um,
1: oh, goodness. Hey. Hey. hey,
2: where are we? First Baptist Church of
1: Nacogdoches, Texas.
2: Oh, that's the birthplace <laughs> yeah. of Jane Ellen Hill. Redfern. Redfern. Oh, it, yeah.
1: The First Baptist Church is not the birthplace of Jane Ellen Nacogdoches Hill. Texas yeah. Nacogdoches, Texas is. Nacogdoches, Texas is. Yeah. But this is the birthplace of Jane Hill Redfern.
2: Yeah. Amen. Amen. It happened.
1: 50 years ago. 20, in
2: 20 minutes, it, the service will start and it would have been 50 years ago. In this minutes. room. In, in this room. Right up there. Right up there.
0: The stained glass and everything. Yeah. So, oh, you're gonna need to turn that off. <laughs>
1: Sweetheart.
0: Nacogdoches, Texas.
1: Just, just call them back. <laughs> We're we're on a schedule here, honey. I I think it's the hotel. (laughs) Oh, okay. Well, maybe you do need to talk to them. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Oh, wait. Can you pause? Yeah.
0: (laughs) So, fifty years ago, in this very room, in this very room, in about in about twenty minutes, yes,
1: started right down here on the floor, moved up to the platform.
0: It was exciting, (laughs) very exciting. I was. Really excited. Really excited. Really excited. <laughs> um, let's start with uh, since we're talking about marriage. Yes. What maybe maybe this is going to be like a one of you and then the other one question. What what made you want to get married? Okay.
3: I knew that
2: for me to be what God put in my heart to be, that I needed the helpmeet that he had chosen for me, and I believed that he had chosen one. I didn't grow up a dating man, but I dated a few girls after I got to seminary.
3: I hadn't dated before then. Um, And
2: I was just seeking God's will, and the first few girls I dated, the doors closed, and looking back, I can easily see that That wasn't God's will, but um, one day at a pizza hut, pizza inn, uh, Dr. Roy Fish had several of his students around a table and said to us, because he had met this young lady uh, who was a secretary across the hall from his office, and he had talked to her and got to know her, he said to the guys around that table, one of you needs to date Jane Hill. She's special, and I always listened to everything my evangelism professor had to say. He was a special man. And so I began to search out, can I find Jane Hill on campus? And somebody pointed her out to me one night in the library, and I smiled at her, but didn't get to talk to her right then. But then another time real soon, Uh, I was in there again, and I saw her get up and go down toward the stairs, and I followed her. And She had gone up the stairs, and by the time I got to the stairs, she was coming back down. And I said, Hi, Jane. Uh, My name's John Redford, and I'm from Mount Pleasant. I hear you're from East Texas, too. And boy, did that get something special started because she smiled, and uh, I asked her to go to uh, church with me. And she said no, and uh, so I didn't get to take her out the first time I wanted to. You get to tell your story in a second. Uh, But that was at the end of the fall semester of um, 1971, and uh, coming back in the spring semester of 1971, um, I uh, uh, found out that she was the new secretary for the dean of men in the dorm where I was one of the students and uh, a a friend of mine helped me to break into the dean of men's office so we could find her telephone number that she had left in there where she was staying and uh, I I called her and asked her for a date and this time she said yes Mm. and I was really really excited. You mean
0: to go on? Because I'm not talk. All right, let's let her talk for a second.
3: Well, I
1: think
0: Don't growing up, I, the...
1: I think I had always imagined that I would be married someday. That just from my family and and everyone else, that was just something that was in my heart. But I do remember wrestling in the days in seminary with the idea that that might not be what God had for my life and and trying to be surrendered to him on that. But we went to a conference and that was the first time I ever saw John um, on the way to that conference. We didn't meet then. Um, At that conference, I heard a man speak and talk about the fact that when God created Adam, um, he put him to sleep and made Eve. And that, for us as young people, the most important thing was to go to sleep to that part and be committed to the Lord and what He was doing in our life. And then He would bring that person into our life. And so I, I felt really impressed to just tell the Lord that um, at least for the next semester, when I was asked out on a date, um, I would just say to the, whoever was asking me out, that I had another commitment at that time and take that time to just spend it with the Lord and and seeking Him. And um, it was just a between Him and me thing. And so I don't remember if it was prior to that night or after that night, but on the bus to that conference, which went on for several days, a young man got on the bus with his girlfriend and she was introducing him around. And I remember thinking, being struck by this tall, handsome young man with the big blue eyes and the long brown eyelashes and thinking, just just being drawn to him. You know, they talk about love at first sight. I don't know that you can call it that, but just being drawn to him, but at the same time thinking that he would never even know who I was. But I did listen as she introduced him to her friends, and I thought she said his name was Tom. So if you had said to me, who is that tall, handsome guy with the big blue eyes and the long brown eyelashes, I would have said, Tom something. (laughs) Um, But I I really didn't think that he would ever notice me. And so as that semester continued, I I did notice him coming into the library with his girlfriend, and over time it seemed that they were no longer together. And I do remember the night that he came in, and I was sitting in the center of the library, and it looked like he smiled at me. So I smiled back, but I remember thinking, I am confident that if I were to turn around, there would be somebody that he knows behind him that he is smiling at. So I was a little embarrassed, but then like he shared, there was another night when we did meet. And again, I had made that commitment to the Lord and the Lord is gracious because I am not sure that I could have kept that commitment (laughs) when he asked me out that time. But I did have to pick up my um, roommate's parents at the airport because she was graduating. And so I was able to truthfully, <laughs> I was com- compelled to say to him, no, I cannot, but thank you for asking me. And, you know, I, I really thought he'd get back together with this girl over the holidays and that that was, had been my opportunity. And, but he came back and he did ask me out and I was so thrilled. And do you want the whole story of the, <laughs> of the first date at this time, or should I just stop then? As the as the spring went on, there there had had been an, other guys in my life in college and and then in seminary, and I remember at one point, which is really a whole different, completely different story, but I do remember. Um, When after I became a Christian as a sophomore in college, the first young man that I dated after then, I really did think he would be the man that I would marry. And when he said no, that that was not what God was telling him, I remember being crushed. I remember it being a year long grief and crying and begging the Lord to let that happen. Well, I do remember the spring night at seminary after John and I were dating sitting in the car and it was like God brought that memory back to me of the times that I had begged him for a relationship that he had ended. And I remember saying, thank you for saving me past all the times when I thought that I knew what was best for me to this relationship that is so much better than anything that I have ever known or could have imagined. And uh, he had not asked me to marry him at that point, but I did believe in my heart at that point that he would be the one that, that God would, would give me, or at least, because there's another time I can tell you about when I did think I had lost that relationship. And he assured me that if, if he took John out of my life, that he was perfectly able to Be enough with his love for me, and to possibly
0: bring somebody else or not,
1: but he would be enough. But anyway,
0: he did ask me. When did you know, like she just shared, that Mama was the
2: one that you were going to marry? It was a process that, beginning on the first date, when I heard her
3: heart, uh, we uh, we went to.
2: Uh, a movie. What was the name of the movie? Treasure Island. Treasure Island. I don't remember the movie. I was too excited to be sitting by it. But we went to eat pizza in that same place that Dr. Fish had told one of us that we needed to date Jane Hill. And we got a pizza. And it came and um, uh, I took a bite of the pizza. And I asked her, uh, Jane, how did God work in your heart to bring you to? Southwestern Seminary, and I put the uh, piece of pizza down, and that's the only bite of pizza that I ate that night. Or we just we didn't have time to eat the pizza. I listened to her, and she began to talk, and as she talked, and I heard her heart, I knew that God had done something very special in her life, and that I really wanted to know her better and better, and as we Um, dated in those spring days, um, the more I visited with her, uh, well, it was the third date before uh, she was quiet, and I said, uh, you don't have much to, you don't have anything to say tonight, and she said, what would you say? I just don't
1: believe in talking if I don't have something to say.
2: (laughs) So finally, I, I got to say a few more things. And um, uh, she <laughs> oh. listened to me, and that was nice. And um, we, we dated, and um, the further we went, the more, more I knew.
3: Um, I think part of what, how I knew was um,
2: um, I was praying the whole time very much because I wanted God's will and not my own. And when I took her home to Mount Pleasant to meet my family for the first time and saw her play with my sister and um, just go across the street on a trampoline or something over there, and they played together. And um, uh, then to watch my mother relate to her, uh, I had taken another girl to Mount Pleasant and it was obvious my mother didn't think she was the right one. And um, I, I'd learned a lot from my mother, so that was uh, that was God's grace allowing me to realize that that wasn't the right girl. Mm. And um, but then how she re- related to Jane uh, affirmed in my heart that I was on the right track, and God was in this. And by um, May, uh, I knew that I wanted to ask her to marry me, and so I found a wedding ring place and got an engagement ring. Do uh, you remember the name? hmm She does.
1: It was Troy Vinson Jewelers, or I, I, I actually think it was Wedgwood Jewelers, and then Troy Vinson was the like the owner, so he's the one who created the first set, and then when we went back later while we were at North Fort Worth, he's the one who put the guards around it, and, restructured it so troy vinson had done both of the wedding ring
2: so i took her to a little park like place Mm -hmm. just to the west of the seminary and asked her to marry me and she said yes and my life's never been the same again
1: (laughs) in all sorts of ways (laughs) In all sorts of ways
2: mama why don't you tell us
0: about uh that time that you were scared that uh, God was taking? Oh, gosh, yes.
1: Um, we'd come to that point where I had been willing to bring to a halt other relationships in my life um, to just date John. And uh, then all of a sudden, there, to me, there came a strangeness. The This girl who he had been dating in the, on the bus where I, when i first seen him, and. Um, she started appearing. We'd see each other in the hall and be talking and she'd come up, um, I'd see him on campus with her and that, you know, she just seemed to be everywhere. And at the same time, there was, you know, it's like one of those <laughs> movies where there's this misunderstanding and it may just be on one side, but it just seemed like there was a strangeness that came in our relationship. And the harder that I tried to bridge that to get him to talk to me about it, I think, I think you were just kind of buffaloed by it. You were not feeling the same thing that I was feeling, right? No. But it it just seemed like she was always there, and I just I thought, oh, oh no, you know. And um, so this one one day, I was supposed to go. I was on a little revival team that would go out in the weekends from seminary to different small churches and do testimonies and and things and. Um, we were supposed to go that weekend, and I did not want to leave with this kind of distance between us, so I asked him to meet me, and he did, and I tried to talk to him about it, and he basically was saying, I don't think anything's happening, and I was thinking, yes, it is, yes, it is, and so we could not come to a resolution, and as we walked back around, as he walked me back around to the back entrance to the girls' dorm, I looked up in the window over the porch and there was this girl waving he waved back and I thought (laughs) so I walked into that dorm and of course in a dorm you have absolutely no privacy so I went into the bathroom (laughs) shut myself in the little stall and just cried out to the Lord I was sure that this was ending and the heartache that I had known at that one time that had lasted so long. I thought, you know, here we go again. I I remember how I ate and I just cried out to the Lord. And it was one of those times when you're so aware of his presence. It was as if he was in there with me, putting his arms around me. I I felt him that real.
3: And he spoke into my heart and said, If I ask you to give him up, would you do it? And I did not say it joyfully or willingly, but I did say yes.
1: And in that moment, I cannot tell you how loved I felt. I felt God's love in the most, most, most powerful way. Nothing changed. We went through at least another week. It seemed like to me it was longer than another week of this kind of what I would call estrangement that I felt that I don't know that he did, and um, then it was it was back in full steam ahead after that. But but it, there was that moment of being willing to relinquish and, and of course God knows each of us so there are lots of stories that I could tell you as backstories to this why God might have done that in my life um, but um, he, he knows just how to bring us to that
3: place
4: mm-hmm.
3: where we are willing to be his first and uh, yeah. and in this case he then gave us the desires of our heart
2: he works within us to will and to do of good good, his good pleasure. And a verse that she has given me over and over again, including one time riding it on a rock, is uh, faithful is he who calls you who also will do it, 1 Thessalonians five twenty four, 24.
3: And um, he was
2: uh, calling us to marriage, a big step of faith. I, I, I didn't know much about it. Um, I had a good example at home with my mother and daddy and the way that they had been husband and wife together. But they didn't talk to me about it. I didn't learn that way. It was uh, God led me and led her by faith. And um, I knew that God wanted me in ministry. At that time, I was a youth minister. and I thought maybe he would make me into a pastor, but I, I didn't know for sure. Um, I was, in my mind, the most unlikely person at the seminary to have been called by him um, to, uh, into a life of serving him in ministry. And it was all learning to walk by faith. But, but I sensed in Jane that she was a woman who loved him like that, that she wanted to walk by faith too. And um, she didn't have to have it all figured out. She trusted him. And um, I knew that that was uh, the help me that I needed like, like that. And, and I, I loved her smile and everything about her. And I was looking forward to spending my life with her and everything that would come but we didn't know all that that would be we surely didn't know that we would one day have four children and 14 grandchildren but we are tremendously pleased that we do <laughs> um what
0: you said that uh your parents didn't talk to you that you uh, had watched your parents uh, marriage but your parents didn't talk to you about marriage was there a marriage that you y'all had seen, or each each one of you, or both of you had seen, that you were like, "I really want my our marriage to be like that"? No. Well,
1: I'd have to say probably um, as a young teenager, um, the pastor and his wife at our church. That time we were going to Bethel in Appleby because we took our grandparents to to church every Sunday, and the pastor and his wife who were there then. Um, Brother Ms. Irwin before them had certainly been a good examples, but we were closer to uh, the Gwens.
3: And um, just that, I just loved, they had four girls and um, just
1: loved the Lord and, and I loved them. So I, I think probably I would have watched that. And then of course there's the I had seen Man Called Peter who had, has several different really good quotes about marriage and that. So anyway, yeah, I would say those two would probably
2: be. Yeah, I saw that movie too. That impressed me.
3: Mm. Um,
0: did y'all have like premarital counseling or anything like that? We actually
1: did not. That would be something, um, a a neat thing that happened. uh, Brother Austin was the pastor here at First Baptist at that time, and we were asking a friend of John's from the seminary to marry us. And um, so I came here to him and talked to him since we weren't gonna, we were using the church, but we wouldn't be using him. And he was so gracious. I would have, looking back, I would have loved to have probably gone through some uh, talks with him. Um, but he, he was so gracious. He said, weddings and funerals are family times. You ought to have the person you want. And it was just so freeing, such a blessing for us that he took that.
0: Um, I guess what I'm wondering is, uh, was there anybody, especially there at the beginning, that gave y'all advice that really you have seen stick through 50 years of marriage?
3: Did Dr. Fish talk
1: to you? Well, you, you didn't spend the night with the guys, did you? Or did you spend the night with the guys before our wedding?
2: Yes, I had. So did, I was in a room, I don't oh, remember wasn't which. Oh, he was with us,
1: that's right, because the seminary professors, that was another thing. Any semi, seminary professor that we were close to that we might've wanted to come, they had a retreat that weekend, so they couldn't even come to the, the wedding. You know, the so.
2: guys that were in the wedding, some of them were in the room with me, I don't even remember which ones were, but. Um,
1: I had read a lot of books. <laughs>
2: I was a rookie. It, everything about my life at that point was faith. I had no idea. I, I just, it was just so come out of nowhere that God wanted me to be some kind of minister and come to seminary. And mm-hmm. I, I knew that I needed to help me from Him if I was going to um, be all He wanted me to be. And I knew I wanted her to be one who would love him first and then me and uh, that was that was what first captured my heart as I listened to her talk at that pizza table how much she loved Jesus and how he had called her and how he had saved her and then worked in her life and it it was a beautiful testimony and, and I could see how Dr. Fish and others that knew her were so impressed with her walk with Jesus and that's that's what I knew. I needed a girl that knew Jesus, really
3: knew Jesus, and that this is the one that stood out for
0: sure. So take us through the next fifty years. I know oh that that's <laughs> a lot, but like highlight. Where where
2: did you go? What did you do? Oh, okay. Will? Well, we left this room. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> and we went back that way to a, a parlor or a- It was fellowship.
1: Yeah, we, we stood in the parlor. There was a receiving line and then fellowship hall was where the reception was. But I'm thinking you're wanting just a broad stroke where we went sure, for the next 50 but years.
0: The, you gotta start somewhere, dad.
2: <laughs> well, we got outside here and, and Mimi thought she could get us into the car that Uncle Ron was gonna take us to our hiding car. But um, we got blocked by my seminary buddies, and they—I uh, learned the first they did a few stunts.
1: As a new bride, that you don't grab your husband's hand and run off with him. You let you know we were supposed to stay at the end of the sidewalk. There are times you have to stay put in order to be delivered. So anyway, be still and know now that I'm God. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay.
2: But we got—we finally got in the car, and Ron took us to where at his plant where he was hiding our car and then we took off driving down to Houston, Texas to the Shamrock Hotel, Shamrock Hilton Hilton Hotel. We were on our way down there and uh, on the way down there she all of a sudden said, I don't remember him pronouncing us husband and wife. We can't do this if we're not husband and wife. So by the grace of God we had a little cassette and we were able to play the cassette recording of the wedding, and sure enough, we had been pronounced husband and wife, and then she was free to go on with me <laughs> on our honeymoon. Close enough. <laughs> so we go down there, and she was blessed as I got to take her out to eat at the Trader Vic's uh, yes. restaurant that was a part of that Shamrock Hilton Hotel. And um, um, one of the most blessed memories that I have of my wedding day is at the end of it I'd um, never been in bed with any woman and um, we were about to get in our bed together and God led me to get on to lead her to get on our knees together beside the bed and we prayed together for our marriage and for the children that God would choose to give us in our marriage and the and their spouses and the grandchildren that God would choose to give us later. And we humbly ask that those children and spouses and grandchildren would all know Jesus. And um, we are very, very blessed and grateful for God answering that prayer. Right now, uh, one of my favorite Bible verses is Third John verse 4. I have no greater joy than to hear that my children walk in the truth. And of all the things that have come and gone since then and the places we've been, certainly the God giving us the four children and um, then their lives growing up and uh, through marriage and through their children, these have been the great highlights of our lives together. We have many other highlights, very many people for whom we're most grateful that God led us to encounter in these 50 years. Uh, but certainly our children are at the top of the list. Amen?
3: Amen. <laughs> She's the best mama in Mimi I know. Well, at, at least the heart to ask God to restore
1: <laughs> the years the locusts have eaten, any mistakes that, that we've made or...
3: He's overruled. Falling us. short, and that he would fill those in and and bless our children and and grandchildren for sure. But yeah, amen. So, do you want any
1: more of that? <laughs> you know, how, yeah, Tell me what How you much? Mean. Tell me. Just the. Um, we went to Galveston the next night. Um, we had, both a, of
2: we the, had both a king the size bed the first night. <laughs> yeah. The second night in this ho- in this hotel that was out over the water, neither of those hotels where we went on our honeymoon exist anymore. The That's first true. one was Imploidy. torn down uh-huh. and the second one was destroyed by a hurricane. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But that second night, the bed was not even a full not even a double bed. It was a three-quarter bed. It was very small, but we didn't need a lot of room. No, no. I what? do
1: remember thinking about that. You know, they, you hear, like in movies and everything, where the wife will be to bed. And that second night I was, but not because it was scary to me. It was just like,
4: what is this? Yes, yeah. that,
2: that hotel was out over the Gulf of Mexico. Mexico right. And we opened the door, flagship. the uh-huh. flagship hotel, and we opened the door of our room, the, the, the outside door over a little balcony. And could hear the waves of the ocean during the night, and that mm-hmm. was a really neat yeah. thing,
1: mm-hmm. neat experience. But anyway, where's the
2: that, first place that y'all lived? Duncan, Oklahoma. No, well, well, the seminary. first place
1: we lived was the seminary apartment across yeah. the street from the seminary.
2: We had a two-day honeymoon <laughs> and went back to Nacogdoches to pick up, up things and drove to the seminary all in the same day. We came from Galveston to Nacogdoches to seminary, and um, had a little um, one-bedroom apartment, Mm -hmm. uh, seminary housing, and we unloaded and uh, we lived in that little apartment there. But at that time I was the youth minister in Duncan, Oklahoma, so during the seminary uh, year I would just go up, we would go up there uh, on Friday. Friday and come back Monday. Seminary didn't have classes on Monday and we would be in seminary Tuesday till noon or so Friday and go back to Duncan. And we did that that fall semester uh, and <laughs> spring semester, and then the first part of the summer. Uh, and, then, and then I was called to be a youth minister <coughs> at Westbury Baptist Church in Houston. So then we moved to an apartment in Houston, uh, and um, that apartment, um, did not allow children. So after a while, when Jane became pregnant, we moved to a second apartment where we lived when our oldest daughter, Jennifer, was born.
1: We lived there for about six weeks after that. And then Yeah. And then I it was called to
2: First Baptist Church of Keller. Um, there were a couple in our church in Houston whose um, sister, well, let's see. Her, her, sister, her and- sister and her sister's husband were both on the pulpit committee. This is Clint Phillips, mother and daddy. were both on the pulpit committee for First Baptist Church Keller. So um, Clint's aunt and her husband, Gene and Jerry Sparks in Houston, recommended us to Clint's parents. And they reached out to us as a committee. And I went up to a friend's... Um, Church in Fort Worth one Sunday night and preached and the pulpit committee came over to that church Trinity Baptist in Northwest Fort Worth and after they heard me preach there then they invited me to come in view of a call. What were your thoughts on that, Mom?
1: Well, it was it was an exciting time. I remember when I married John that I really didn't know. I I could see him ministering. Fellowship of Christian Athletes had been so. Powerful in his life, I could see him doing that. There were other para- church groups that I know you—you know—he could do that. Um, he was a, had been a youth minister. I did not see that for the long run, but I did. You know, I knew that's where we were right then. So I really didn't know. But while we were in Houston. We came to the place where John felt like that time of being a youth minister was closing and that he, God wanted him to be a pastor. And the, and the pastor at that church immediately jumped in and you know started trying to make that happen. But God, one of the things I would want to say is that in all of our moves, we have been able to see God's hand beyond what any man might plan. and um, so, in my heart, even though I, I never thought it, it would happen for me, I always thought being a pastor 's wife would be one of the most wonderful things that you could ever be asked to do. so I wasn't sure how it would happen. i wasn 't sure that he would become a pastor or that would happen for us, but the story of how he brought that to to be at First Baptist Keller is within itself a, an example of God's mm-hmm. moving past what man's wisdom could do. And when we moved there, I remember thinking that usually pastorates were at, at that point that two years was a good time for a pastorate. You know, I knew people who had been in the same church all their life, but. So, when we went to Keller, I, I, I was truly, <laughs> as I have been so many times with John, in totally new water, not knowing what that would be like. Uh, but we did embrace it, and they embraced us. And uh, I was thinking at first two years, but then as I listened to, to John over and over again, um, I began to see that this could be forever. He, he would say, and what he said was, I hope that God leaves me here for the rest of my life. In my mind, I immediately translated that into the concrete, God is going to leave us here for the rest of our lives. So when he called me four and a half years later and said, uh, you will never believe there's been a pulpit committee at our church for the last two weeks From from Amarillo, Texas,
3: and they want to talk to us about coming to be their pastor. I said, "Well, you told them no, didn't you?" (laughs) And and he said,
4: "No,
1: that's slow. (laughs) No, uh, I've always been counseled that when somebody comes to you like that, that you listen to them. That God doesn't just speak to you, so you hear what." If they're saying God's leading them, you listen to them. And so I went into that interview so arrogant, so sure that this was not God's will. Okay, I would talk to them. One of the things, they, after they had asked John many profound questions, they said to me, well, Jane, do you have any questions of us? And I said, yes. How do your deacons deek?" <laughs> it was and they were not offended you know they should have just been like let's get away from these people i'm sorry how do, we we can. Deacons, how do your deacons deek deac- because already <laughs> you
0: you said how do your deacons deek that's, that's what, what I said. she said that's, that's exactly fantastic said. i'm going to use that
1: and <laughs> you know even even early on in our ministry um that was you were aware of the of how that was an important thing to know about a church you were going to. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they answered that day. And and when they drove away that day, they were exulting. They knew they had found their pastor. John and I turned back into that building and he said to me, I hate this. I hate this. I, you know, because he was still hearing his wife saying, you told them no, didn't you? And I said, well, that was nice. They were very nice, you know, but in my heart, I was still thinking, I'm not going to <laughs> So that's a whole nother story for another time. Boy, that <laughs> is a
2: big story.
1: <laughs> but that's the way, you know, he, he did end up.
2: They came back again. We told them no, no. They came back for the third time before God got through to us that we were going to make another step of faith. <laughs> he made
1: me willing to go to Uganda, Africa, so that I would go to Amarillo. And I still pretty much drug my heels up, the, up yeah, to
2: the high yeah. plains. When, the, when that church in Amarillo voted for us that night, um, <laughs> what did you do?
1: Well, they came in and said, you know, it's unanimous. It hadn't been unanimous at Keller. It would have been 90-something, but it wasn't unanimous. And, you know. And he said, can I give them an answer? It was Merle Bibby who called. Can I give them an answer? And I could tell John was fixing to say yes. <laughs> and he looked at me and I think my face must have been like. <laughs> and he said, could you give us a minute? <laughs> and I said, we're not gonna say yes. Because the first time we had gone back home and prayed, we hadn't told them that night. So I was, I was not prepared to say anything that night and um, he said well honey I wouldn't have come if I weren't willing to come and I just remember the panic the just the sheer panic of oh no and we and then we had not only did he have to say did he say yes to them but we had to go back and greet the whole church had waited for them to ask us and for us to come back in and everybody come around and say how thrilled they were that we were coming. And I was standing there shaking these people's hands and my heart was just screaming. Nah! You know? <laughs> and I will always remember one of, the, one of the last ladies who came through the line, uh, took my hands and she was just God's grace gift to me. And she said, I know this is so hard for you. And it just released the, the tears and, and all the emotion. And it it came to be a place of such love to us. Those people loved us so well that I wept equally hard as I had wept leaving Keller when we left Amarillo because they had loved us so much and I would not trade those five years for anything. But it was a, there were lots of lessons. The everything's gonna be all right story happened in Amarillo, you and, J.C. and John were both born in Amarillo, so it was a special, special time.
2: Jennifer had been born in Houston when I was youth minister, and then Joy was born one Sunday morning.
1: <laughs> got her daddy um,
2: out of got, preaching. Got me out of preaching in <laughs> Keller, and then J.C. first, and then John in Amarillo. Amarillo.
4: Uh-huh.
2: Yeah. High Plains Baptist Hospital.
0: Yeah. Of the people that you would not have known. If you had not gone to Amarillo, the one that comes to my mind immediately is Uncle Billy.
3: Yeah. Oh, yes.
1: Who yes. else? Uh, the Ruth Hearts. They were, Jennifer called them the Sweethearts. She was like four, four when we moved up there, so she called them the Sweethearts. And Arlen took us to church every Sunday because John went early, and uh, they just... You, you became our family, all the members of the pulpit committee, the Bibbies, the Hendersons. Um, I'm trying to think of the, that other couple that he, I think he has gone now, but do you know who I'm talking, Persalls, the Persalls, Um all of the members
2: of the- Richard and Wanda Persauds.
1: Mm-hmm. But that whole family, I remember, we were so far from home and, and in that five years, Five members of my family and five members of John's family back in East Texas died. And we had to travel that distance for the funerals. And there was no way, even though both of our parents did come and visit us there uh, for our children as they began to be in school, the grandparents that they knew, the grandparent figures that they knew in those five years were by and large people in that church who loved them. And that verse in the Bible, which you, you don't give up, your family but god restores it and um a hundredfold a hundredfold with persecution and he, with persecution <laughs> yes <laughs> those two <laughs> but but absolutely you know that was that was true there in a powerful way because we were so far knew every dairy queen between east texas and mm-hmm.
2: we came back not only for those really. 10 funerals but we would come back um for christmas, christmas. and
1: uh, spring break usually the kids and i I would come back Uh,
2: and and, uh, then we would come on our vacation in the summertime. We would not consider going anywhere, but Mount Pleasant, Nacogdoches or Nacogdoches and Mount Pleasant. We went to both places each time we came back (laughs) and we did a a lot of traveling, but it was important to us that we let our children know their grandparents and and we loved them too.
1: And and they came and stayed with y'all when we yeah. would go somewhere. But anyway,
2: when your my daddy came when, <laughs> and my mama when you were born, yeah. uh, my daddy came with uh, three wishes. Three wishes. Number one, he wanted the, yeah. the redskins, 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 redskins to, win. to win the Super Bowl because the Redskins had beat the Cowboys, and anybody beat the Cowboys, he was gonna pull for them. So they won the Super Bowl. And um, then he wanted to see some snow, (laughs) and the day you were born, it snowed uh, 10 inches. And then the day after you were born, um, it snowed 12 more. It was a a record snowfall, even for Amarillo. And uh, the third thing he wanted was a grandson. We didn't know back then what you, who you were until you were born. And um, he got all three things that he wanted in coming to Amarillo. So he was a happy guy for doing something he didn't do very much, which was leave Mount Pleasant. Um, but he was very grateful that he had come. Yeah. <laughs> then not,
0: not long after that, y'all left Amarillo and went to, to Victoria. Victoria.
1: And again, he blessed us there with relationships. We were there a very short time. You um, scared us to death with pneumonia that, in hindsight, could have taken your life, but God was gracious. And, um, but the, the relationships with the people in that church, in that, just that short time, but such, such special people.
2: Kyle and um, Thelma Hardesty obviously. were like grandparents yes, to absolutely. our children and took us to their. Lake House. Lake House. Every summer. Two summers we were there, and then the first five summers that we were at North Fort Worth, they continued to take us there, so seven years in a row, and that was always special. And then the Russells, um, younger couple, became our very good friends, and they're the ones who uh, paid for you to go to Pine Cove later during your high school years, all four of them. And that led to your time at Pineco, not only in high school, but in college, and then first employment after college. And then that led to South Spring Baptist Church. And so what the Russells did, our knowing the Russells and bringing you to Pineco is the thing that eventually brought us back to East Texas. <laughs> Tyler. And we're glad to be in Tyler, at our church in Tyler and we're glad to be, uh, it's been very providential for us to be halfway between my hometown, Mount Pleasant, and Jane's hometown, Nacogdoches. We've been very blessed to be here for all kinds of reasons in these last five years. Just skipped over a bunch there. Oh yeah, Yeah, we we can go back wherever you want to go. Victoria, you want
1: to? We had another experience where Janet Russell's mama turned around one day, and there were these people sitting behind her. They had spread out in the auditorium to try to disguise themselves. But she spotted them right away and turned around to, I think it was maybe James Harrington, and um, said to him, are you a pulpit committee? <laughs> and he says, don't hate us. <laughs> she says, well, it depends on what happens. <laughs> so anyway, um, th- that was our shortest pastorate, and, uh, but God directed us back to the church where, where John, it had moved locations, but North Fort Worth was the church where, that had been John's church when he was in seminary, and mm-hmm. um, D.L. Lowry had been his pastor who was one of the people, I think he led your, when they do the, like, practicum for people who think they might be pastors
4: he
2: Mm -hmm.
1: you did a deal with him so he was very influential and
2: he was the best preacher that i ever related to so really good
1: anyway we went we went to north fort worth and we're there for almost 15 years years. he let our children grow up there even though i prayed when they were learning to drive that he would send us to somewhere out in the country but they learn to drive on the freeways so they can drive anywhere. (laughs) So uh, anyway, we were there for over 15 years. Over 15. uh, Then he took us to our last pastorate, which was Community Church in Decatur. And for the first time, we were able to build a house and a church building. And again, found um, people who blessed our lives with their giving spirits and their seeking the yeah. Lord, and, and Daddy was used in a powerful yeah, way there. I, I,
2: I was blessed there because everybody's different. And for me, um, God didn't make me to attend committee meetings and things like that. My mother had told me the very first instant, instant I called her on the phone and told her that God was allowing me to get out of the Navy in order to go to seminary. She said to me immediately, John, You know your daddy and I'll support you in anything you think God wants you to do, but I want you to remember two things. Number one, you don't like to read. So he gave me a librarian. (laughs) And number two, she said, I hate to see you get involved in politics. We did not raise you for that. And she wasn't talking about Democrat and Republican. She was talking about church politics, and she knew her son would never fit in church politics. So all those committee meetings that I had to go to in the first four churches that I pastored were um, draining for me because there were a lot of them and they they all expected the pastor to be there and it didn't leave you time for what God had called you to do in terms of making disciples like I had it in my heart to do. When we got to Decatur, we just had a a few elders that met once a month, um, but no other committees. And so I was free to have a Monday night Bible study in our home where we ate from 6.30 to uh, 7.00 and we prayed from 7.00 to 7.30 and we studied the Bible from 7.30 to 8.30 every Monday night for 14 out of those 15 years. And that was, uh, to me, the most fruitful time of my pastoral years. And... um, showed me more of my heart and what God had made me for for the long run. So that as I came to age 70 and knew that it was time to step aside as a full-time pastor, uh, I knew I could retire from that for which I was hired, but I could not retire from that for which I was bought with a price. And uh, in effect, he set me free to just now, every day of my life, to wake up in the morning early and uh, meet with him before anything else and make myself available to him, listen to what he has to say through the Bible, through streams in the desert and other ways, just listening to him and uh, continuing to grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and then just being available to him for whatever encounters he might have in mind for me one day at a time. And that that's this is this is my favorite time in life. What what God is allowing us to do now, and I'm very very grateful.
0: How many years did you teach, Mama?
1: Uh, A total of 25. Uh, I taught two years in Arlington, then God let me go to the seminary, and then I was able to stay home with y'all in your early years, and then I went back for the last 23 years uh, in Birdville for 13, I guess, and five. So that, yeah, five in Bridgeport. So, so that's not quite up. adding up to me. But anyway, anyway, it was a total of 25 in all. So anyway.
0: You were at O.H. Stowe?
1: O.H. Stowe for 10 years. Yeah. And then... I was at Bridgeport for five years and then back at um, Spicer. Spicer. Spicer for eight. So that may be 15 24th. and
3: 8, 23, 24,
1: 25 in Arlington. So, yeah, 25 years. Um, but I'm grateful for the time and that, that I was able to stay home with y'all. And then I am grateful for God provided, provided
2: that. Opportunity at which she was very, very good, very, very good as a teacher and as a librarian in time. Um, But that God used that to to make it possible for us to pay for four kids in college, (laughs) and to pay for four weddings, our part in those four (laughs) weddings, and um, other things, and uh, also to make our retirement better. So, yeah,
1: and uh, eleven of our grandchildren were born or adopted. Well. Yeah, we're born or adopted while we were in Decatur, and then the last three after we moved to Tyler. So,
4: yeah. wee Wee-hoo. wee <laughs> Wee-hoo-hoo. <laughs>
0: if you could say anything to somebody who's newly married or just starting out in marriage, if you could give them a piece of advice, what would it be?
3: You want to go first or you want me to? seek the Lord with all your heart Um,
1: make him your first love and make that relationship primary I remember when I was first married to John because he was a minister I thought well he would be my spiritual leader and I was just depending on basically his relationship with the Lord to influence my relationship with the Lord and he's shown me over the years that that's that's not it. You have to seek me first with all of your heart. And then out of that, and i said this in my vows, but, you know, sometimes saying it with your mouth and then it becoming real in your life are two separate things. Um, that there's no way that I could love John the way God intended for me to or the, or the way that he meant for a husband and wife to love each other unless i love the lord and allowed his love to flow through me to him and to my our children grandchildren and and everyone else so keep that the main thing the main thing keep that relationship with him precious and and real at all times
2: yeah Yeah. Uh, amen it's jesus one word would be jesus Uh seek jesus He's the one who's going to provide for you everything you need. Uh, He'll teach you to be two good forgivers (laughs) above all things. Love each other deeply because love covers over the multitude of sins. That's what his love does for us, and that's what his love flowing through us does for one another. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. I remember seeing Mr. and Mrs. Billy Graham interviewed on TV one late night uh, when I was uh, about the time I started seminary, but I can't remember exactly what year it was. But they talked to them, mainly to her, about how difficult it was for her in the raising and rearing of their five children while he was mostly gone on crusades around the world um more time gone than he was at home and how hard that was for each one of those five children and especially for the mother trying to rear them and um uh, uh, mrs graham didn't hold anything back in talking about how hard that was and so the talk show host said to her well mrs graham if it was that hard did you ever think about divorce she said divorce no murder yes (laughs) <laughs> and then she said, without any hesitation at all, "Billy and I have learned to be two good forgivers." Ephesians 4:32 says, "Be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as, like an algebraic equation, God for Christ's sake has forgiven you." And I think that is uh, at the heart uh, of uh, Jesus showing us what it takes in marriage and in family to be everything God wants us to be toward one another, to hang in there together and build each other up in the faith and keep encouraging each other and um, letting Him satisfy so then we can be free to satisfy one another. But it all starts and carries through with Jesus.
3: All the way home. (laughs) All the way home. All
0: the way home. I love you. I love you.
2: We Thanks love for you. hanging out we with We are us.
1: so grateful. Oh, man. What, what a surprising treat this has been. Well, that's a good
2: preamble <laughs> to what we're going to say.
1: <laughs> oh, me. <laughs> Johnny, <laughs> I
3: love you. I love you, too.
2: Wow. Can I get up now? Yep. I don't know if
3: I can.